Hey there, Fat Guy Forum fans. A huge Happy New Year as we enter 2022. And I'm excited that you're still listening to the show. If you'd like to support us, you can do a couple of things. First, if you're an Apple user or you use Spotify, you can rate and review the podcast there to get us in front of more people. Also, you can use the support links in the show notes to purchase products, get a discount for yourself, generate some income for the show, or you can join the Patreon. And there's some cool stuff coming with the Patreon I will be announcing very soon. I know I've said it before, but this time it's really happening. So I'm just excited for all that's to come in this year. Thank you so much for being a part of this adventure. And on to the show. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gourmet, and I am happy to have you with us once again here on, on the show. You know what the show is. If you're a first-time listener, this is the program where I share the lives and journeys of men that at some point in their life or currently in their life, they are fat guys and we talk about all of it. So I'm happy to be sitting down with someone else today, even virtually. And his name is Jared Aslett, but you may know him better as Jay Crushes It. Is, is, did I get that right? I yep, just realized as I said it, I might have screwed that up. Um <laughs> I'm excited to have the opportunity to talk to Jared. I've been following him for a while, and I'm just really looking forward to us to be able to dive into his story and all of the different twists and turns that that have happened along the way. I think it's going to be an awesome discussion, man. So how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome, man. Yeah, I'm excited to be here and uh, talking with you finally. Cool. So let, let's get right into it, man. Then tell us, what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum? Yeah, sure. So um, a little under two years ago, um, I reached uh, my highest weight when I stepped on the scale. I was um, 480 pounds. Um, and getting up to there um, was a bit of a longer story. But, uh, you know, growing up, I was um, I was the bigger kid of the friend group, but I was never like, I guess, obese, I would say. Um, I was an athlete. Um, and I played football, baseball, all the sports. And then um, you know, some things happened in my life my senior year um, that just kind of shook my world up. You know, the um, unfortunately kind of typical story for people to get my size that, you know, the traumas, the past traumas happen and we don't deal with them the right way. Um, and I went to college and just kind of started hiding all of my issues with um, alcohol and bad habits, um, you know, eating all the wrong things. I joined a fraternity. So, you know, what better place to hide all those bad habits and drinking than in a fraternity. So, um, and I had quit playing sports, uh, when I got to college, I would still do like intramurals or stuff. So, but, um, you know, I was still eating like an athlete, but I just wasn't training at all. And, um, kind of gave up all that stuff. And then after college, I just, you know, it took me a really long time. I never dealt with any of my issues or my past things that were going on. So I just had this mind frame of, you know, I'm going to live fast, die young. And I just didn't care. Um, so I just, you know, kept partying and I made sure my life was in order. You know, I, um, was successful in like the surface area things that people, you know, look at. I, I graduated with five degrees. I got a good steady career. Um, started investing in real estate, but you know, on the inside, I was still, you know, going home and drinking to deal with everything. And, uh, um, it just kind of got out of control. And, uh, at the time when I graduated, uh, college, my first job was, um, broadcast journalism. So, 
um, I was on air and it eventually got to the point where I was getting so big, I hated seeing myself on camera. And I ended up actually changing careers um, just because I, I went to executive producer first. So I was, wasn't uh, in front of the camera, I was behind it. Um, but then I just left altogether. And it just kind of started getting worse after that. You know, I wasn't taking care of myself at all. Um, like I said, drinking way too much. And I just, um, I stopped doing everything that I loved. I stopped, you know, snowboarding and skating. I stopped, you know, hiking and all those things that, you know, bring me joy. And, um, you know, it just started getting really bad. I remember in, uh, 2020, um, I was so delusional about my weight that I, I wanted to go snowboarding and I used to be a ski instructor. I used to work on the mountain. Like it, it was my whole life was snowboarding and, I went and got off the lift and then I went to put my boots on and I had gotten so big, I couldn't strap my boots in by myself. And it just kind of hit me like, oh man. And then, you know, getting up off the snow, pushing myself up was almost impossible. So I, I did one run and um, uh, my girlfriend at the time that I was with went like 10 times while I sat in the lodge. Um, and it still, it still didn't really hit me then like enough to make a change. You know, of course it was embarrassing, but um, not enough to get me started. And then, you know, a few more big life events happened that year. Um, and I had a, a long-term relationship that ended and I just, I said enough was enough. And that was, uh, July 1st of 2020. And I just decided, you know, it's time to get my life together. And I think what you're talking about is something a lot of us can relate to, especially guys that, or gals that have been that heavy, you know, you have those experiences that from the from the outside scream okay this is this is the you know if this was a lifetime movie you know a, a movie of the week that would be the moment you know the turning point like you you went down the mountain once and sat in the lodge and had your mind changed and you know you were back the next ski season you know completely smaller and fitter and all of that like it would have gone right from there like but that's not really the way that life works you know like you said like different things compound it. Like when you did reach that point that you were like, okay, I need to do something. Like when you finally were at that place, did you have a direction, you know, especially knowing that it wasn't just about food that you're dealing with alcohol and other issues, you know, things that are traumatic things that had happened in your life that you hadn't really processed. Like, did you have a direction when you got started or, or what did that look like for you? Yeah. And it was, you know, I'm very lucky with my family. So I have a couple brothers that I'm really close with. Um, and I had just, you know, and like you were saying, unfortunately for me, it took hitting absolute rock bottom and I ignored all the other things. Um, you know, and I, I was very fortunate that even at that size, I didn't have any major health problems. Um, you know, every time I went to the doctors, like my numbers were all normal. Um, but I had gotten, uh, sleep apnea three years before that I was diagnosed with severe sleep apnea. So, but that still even didn't trigger it, but yeah. So the direction, when I decided it was day one, I've had enough. Um, the first thing I did was texted my brothers. Um, and one of my older brothers, a personal trainer and bodybuilder and, uh, my younger brother's just, he's a very smart guy, very like in tune with what's going on. And like he, you know, the self-help books, he reads all that stuff. And he's very like, um, I don't know, just very, very tuned in with what's going on. So he, the first thing he told me is he sent me a number to a therapist and said, go talk to this lady now. Um, 
And that was the biggest thing for me getting started was finally, you know, at 31 years old, I finally talked to somebody about my issues because, you know, growing up in, I grew up in rural Idaho, like you'd just be a man, you just shove it down, you know, you don't, you know, and I just, I, it's seen as weakness, I guess, um, is the way I portrayed it. And, and then I texted my older brother and I said, you know, I'm ready. And he said, meet me at the gym in 30 minutes. And we went and did a workout. Um, and it was, I mean, it was just so emotional for me because I'm familiar with the gym, but it just, it finally hit me how bad it had gotten. You know, I wasn't lifting enough, very much at all. And we were only there an hour and a half and he just said, we're good. And I just started crying. I was like, man, this it hit me like you really let yourself go, go and it's going to take some hard work. Um, and then right after the gym, we drove straight to the grocery store and, um, he, you know, helped me load a cart and get set on a plan. Um, but even then, like he's, he's in a body bodybuilder mindset. So he was, you know, six meals a day. These are your macros hit this with every meal. And it, I still hadn't put in the work and the research to know like what I was doing. I was just like, okay, I'll follow exactly what he said. So I found like five meals that hit the exact macros. And for the first two months I ate the same thing almost every single day. Um, and it was working, you know, I was losing a crap ton of weight, but then it's, that's just something that's not sustainable, you know? Um, so I put in the research and I started realizing like, for me, it finally clicked when, um, you know, losing weight for me was just a simple math equation. You have to eat less than you burn. Um, and then I started, you know, calorie deficit as all I focused on just with like clean whole foods, but it was still, I was so locked in that the first year I never had a quote unquote cheat meal or off plan meal. You know, I've hadn't had a cheeseburger or pizza in a year <laughs> just, I was on that grind mode and then I got to the dark, the dark side of the calorie deficit of, you know, how low can we go? Um, and that wasn't healthy at all. Um, I started realizing that it was bad when, you know, I was still working out four or five times a week and I was lifting less weights, even though I was going to the gym. So, you know, my brother's like, yeah, you know, you're losing muscle because you're so low in a deficit, like your body's eating itself. Um, and you know, it, Unfortunately, your body doesn't just target the fat, you know, it's right. your muscles too. So, um, well, look, and then let's, let's talk about that realization for a minute. Like, you know, kind of coming into that place. Cause I don't think that's something a lot of people talk about. Like, I think if you look at social media, especially in the space when people are talking about calories in calories out and that being kind of the main focus, all you hear is, well, just keep lowering calories, just keep lowering calories. And you don't hear anyone really talking about what happens when you get into that severe deficit, how the body responds, what that feels like, you know, what was it like as someone who had to be so locked, you know, was so locked in and so focused to kind of hit that realization that what you were doing was not having, you know, a positive sum in terms of the effects going on in that moment. Yeah, it was, Hey, you know, being completely honest for me, um, I still had the energy levels. I still was like, I was operating fine, but noticing that I was lifting less and stuff like that. But it wasn't until having a conversation with my brother and him really saying like, look, and you know, cause I was okay. Like it's going to eat a little bit of my muscles. That's fine. I'll build it back once I lose the weight with my mindset. But he just sat me down finally. And he's like, look, your heart is a muscle too, uh, you know, and you're, it's, 
very unhealthy. You can't, I mean, it's just not healthy to be that low. And then talking with my doctor and he's just, my doctor was even like, yeah, you, you need to up those calories. And so I was just, it was, it was extremely hard for me though, because the, the weight was coming off so fast and it was so rewarding for me to have it happen because you know, at 480 pounds, I lost the first 80 and I didn't even know, I couldn't, I was so like blind to it myself. I didn't notice it, you know, like I couldn't see it in my body or see it in myself. And I was just so focused of my mindset was once I lose the weight, then all this stuff can happen. Like once I get there, then I'll start living my life. So let's get there as fast as we can. And it just, you know, and it, once I got out of that mindset, it got a lot easier, but it also got harder because the scale stopped moving as fast, which, you know, once you lose weight, it's harder to lose the weight. I get all that, but this, I became addicted to seeing that scale go down and so much so that I was willing to, you know, do whatever it takes to make sure it kept going down. And I think that's the the phrase that sometimes is about when we're championing ourselves and sometimes it's when we're headed into, you know, like you, the words you used before, you know, kind of the danger zone, the dark side, like do whatever it takes. Like sometimes, sometimes that's a great driving force, but sometimes also it's, it, it keeps blinders on about other things that are happening that might not, might not be as great as they seem in the moment. Oh, absolutely. And I hear, you see it all the time in the, the weight loss community or whatever the, you know, all or nothing, don't do the all or nothing, you're going to fail and like all this stuff. But for me, the all or nothing at the beginning was so important for me. Um, but I also learned from it from that first year of doing the all or nothing and that grind taught me to where I am, be where I am now to realize that that's not necessary. And that you can add joy to your life and you can have, you know, certain things without it completely destroying your progress and your goals. Um, you know, learning that balance was super important for me, but I think it took that, you know, quote unquote dark side and getting to, you know, the, the bad realm of the weight loss, um, to learn what the good realm is, I guess, if that makes sense. No, it does. And, and I think, this is this is a common thing that I think I hear when I talk to to guys that have been in that 450 plus 500 plus range because when you're getting started at that place like you you know you're at a rock bottom you're you're in a you're in a dangerous spot so hardcore focus and hardcore work and all or nothing approach feels like the path you need because you know that you're not just you know dealing with a little nuisance weight you know, it's not just something that's, you know, oh, my pants got a little tight. You know, I want the, I want to look good for, for swimsuit season. You know, you're dealing with real situations, you know, real danger in some ways. So I, I think it's natural as human beings that it's, let me get out of this place as fast as I can now that I'm be especially when you spent time being ignorant of being in that place. You know, when you've lived, like you said, when you kind of lived your life, just, you know, I'll live fast and die. Like I'm going to stay in that spot. You know, I'm not caring about getting out of here. When you do finally care, you you see all the time that you spent there. And so the desire to get out of it fast, it makes complete sense. And that doesn't come with a lot of balance. You know, that doesn't come with, you know, being able to kind of actually think about, is this something sustainable I can do for the rest of my life? Is this something I can live with and navigate through and all of those things? Um, so during that first year, man, 
you know, what, what did you see for progress during that first year? Um, the first year, I can't remember the exact number, to be honest. The, my, my headline that I go with now is I lost, um, 235 pounds in a year and a half. Um, but the first year was, I think it was probably like 180, 190, 200, somewhere around there. Um, and it was, I mean, it was, it's literally life-changing for me because I went from, you know, going to work and grinding every day to I'd go home and I'd just get my whiskey and go in the garage and play Xbox and like just do anything to escape my mind um, to where now I learned to live with my mind and enjoy, you know, my, my alone time and being with myself. And it just, it completely changed everything and opened my world back up to where I can do live my life completely how I want to live it now. And it's great getting to that place. And I think there's a lot we can talk about there, but what was it like to have that change? Like, was there, was there fear of that change? You know, like what, you know, how you used, you know, what you were using alcohol for and what you're using food for, like, you know, working on that behavior with a counselor, like work, you know, the issues and things along those lines, like, what was it like when you started to see, you know, started to realize that you weren't just headed to the garage, you know, after work, when life, when there was more time and more time and, you know, more space in your head, I'm sure. Like, what was it like as when those changes started? Yeah, it was, you know, being honest, it got a lot worse before it got better because I was, I was finally talking about these things and I was finally like addressing the issues. Right. So it, it got dark before it got light, I guess. But once those things started happening, man, it's, it's, it's truly an undescribable feeling unless somebody has been there before, you know, you can't, it's hard to portray what it's like being a big guy, like going on vacation and, and knowing that you're going to have to ask for a seatbelt extender and knowing for me, it was making others uncomfortable because of my weight really bothered me. You know, like the guy is going to see me walking down the aisle and everyone's thinking, please don't let this guy sit next to me. Um, and then, you know, you, I'd go to these vacation spots and people would want to go walk around or go see the things. And the, the first thing I do is, you know, Google how far away it is. Um, and then I'd, I'd look up a picture of the place and make sure, you know, do they have boosters at a table, like things that you just do. So when you don't have to do that anymore, when I can walk in anywhere and know that I can just just being able to sit down in a restaurant anywhere and not have to worry about it is it's extremely rewarding and gratifying. Um, and then you take it up the next level of, you know, now I'm snowboarding all the time. I'm going surfing. I'm going skating like things that at 480 pounds, you just can't do. Um, so that like I've, it's hard to put into words that what that feeling is, but it's it's absolutely incredible. And it also means that I'm never going to take it for granted again. Um, because I know what it's like to not be able to, to live life, how you want to live it. And, and something I say about that all the time is someone who hasn't been there doesn't understand what you were talking about. The amount of, the amount of space that takes up in your head, the planning, the making sure you're capable of doing something. And then if you know, you're not going to be capable of doing it, having to figure out how you're going to explain to people without just telling them exactly why you can't go there or why you can't do this and why that's not feasible. And it's like it, that, that's, that all lives rent free in your head. And when that starts to go away is when, uh, and sometimes like, it's almost like there's too much space. Like you, you now have these, all of these capabilities and things that you just didn't think were possible before. 
And so because you hadn't entertained them, it's like you have to rediscover things and rediscover yourself. And but literally, like, you know, the the wording I usually talk about is, you know, the bigger I got, the smaller my world got. But that wasn't just because of not being able to fit into places. It was the mental energy it took to just exist in the world. You know, the world isn't really built for people that are that size as much as people would like to say, you know that it is at this point or is too accepting and things along those lines at different, you know, different discussions on social media. But the reality is like, if when I was asked to go to a new place, you know, like you said, trying to find pictures of the inside, is there anything? And especially, again, I, I, I always have a moment on the show where I talk about how freaking old I am, you know, doing this 20 years ago, when not everyone was just randomly posting pictures of everywhere they went. So you couldn't find pictures of the inside of some places. And so that would mean an anonymous phone call. And what is your seating like? And what is this like? And I have vivid memories of going to the Atlantis resort. And I agreed to go on this trip with my family and was around 500 pounds at the time and hadn't really done my research on what the resort was like. And I think the first morning my, my parents were like, Oh, we're going to go to this pool. It's supposed to be the better one. It's like a mile from the, the, the building we're staying in. And I'm like, I have, I have to walk a mile carrying all of this stuff in the 100 degree weather. Okay, this is going to be fun to see how this goes. Like, you just don't, someone who hasn't been there doesn't understand what those experiences can be like. So freeing yourself from that had to be incredible. Oh, absolutely. And it's something I'm still working on, like mm-hmm. mentally. Um, and there's, you know, things that I'm doing to try and figure out, you know, what I want my life to be like and what that new space is like in my head, I guess. Um, and we can get into those things too later if you want, but it's, um, I remember it hit me like really for the first time when I, I had lost probably, um, I mean, 150, 180 pounds at this point, And I decided to, you know, get back out there and I went on a date. And we walk into this restaurant and the lady said, the hostess goes, would you like a table or a booth? And my date said, a booth, please. And my mind went panic mode. I just went, oh, sh-. you know, this is going to be embarrassing. And it, then I caught myself, like, it was maybe five seconds later. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, that's not you anymore. You know, this. And then I just sat in the booth and it was completely fine. But it's, it's something that still triggers my mind sometimes when I'm doing things. Like, you know, even getting on an airplane, I'm like, grabbing this the first thing i do is grab the seat belt and put it on just to make sure and then of course it's going to fit now because i'm you know quote unquote normal size if, but it still crosses my mind um so it's yeah it's something that's kind of there still but yeah i'm working on it <laughs> oh, understood understood and it's okay you know that work takes time you know you our lives before quote unquote were were not just a couple of weeks you know so allow you know having it take a couple of years you know is okay you know that's i don't know i feel like i say that a lot of this show but it's it's just really about saying like it's okay to kind of meet yourself where you're at and make those new discoveries when you have the space to do them and that's awesome man yeah absolutely and it's like you said the your world gets smaller my world has opened up completely now Mm -hmm. to where the first thing i did like after that year and a half i i said okay let's go do some things that I haven't been able to do for the last 10 years, you know, Mm. when I, and the first thing I did was bought a plane ticket to Hawaii. Nice. Um, you know, and I, I was plan was to take a few months off work and just travel, you know, and I built like this system in my truck to where I could live out of my truck. And, 
Um, but I went to Hawaii first and I ended up staying there like a month, um, just, you know, surfing and snorkeling every day and doing the things that I just hadn't even thought a possibility before. And then just drove across, you know, the entire West and hit like 15 States and just visited all the parks and went hiking and doing all that stuff and just kind of exploring the world because I could now, um, and it just kind of opened up all these new exciting opportunities. So for sure. And one of the things you you were talking about was having to find a balance between the all or nothing focus. Like what what really helped you work through that? Um, you know, if I had to pinpoint it exactly, it would be when I started dating again, <laughs> because I wanted to be able to go out to a restaurant and not have to just order chicken and broccoli, you know, and, and then realizing like going out to a restaurant, you know, once a week or every other week is not going to derail my progress as long as I keep to that simple math equation. Um, so, you know, I went, I remember we went, uh, to a lake and went and I had my first cheeseburger in like a, like 14 months. And I just ordered a cheeseburger and it was like, you know, I, you don't have to be scared of this cheeseburger, you know, and it was hard, you know, it was delicious, but it was still hard for me. Cause I remember trying before to get that balance and I'd like go through a drive through and be like, Oh, I'm going to get a burrito and then it's going to be fine. I'll just make sure it's in my calories today. And then I'll look at the board and I see this burrito 600 calories. And I just ordered it and I would literally drive out of the drive-thru and not get it because in my mind, I'm like, that's 600 calories. It's not worth it. You know? And it, it's really this, it's really an unhealthy mental space to be in when it's, it's like that. So it's been tough and it's been hard, um, adjusting to that balance. But once I did it, it kind of, you know, it's very easily, it's easy. You see all these stories of the people that, that gain the weight back, you know, and that's, in the back of my mind, people will say that and stuff. And I'm like, that's never going to be me. Right. But I can see how easily that it, it could be, how easily could it be for me to just not care about this stuff anymore and do whatever I want. Um, I don't think I, I know that I'm not going to go back there, but I'm just saying like, it could be easy. I could see how it could happen. So I'm still finding that balance, but this new, new adventure I'm on is kind of forcing a different direction on it. Um, so I'm still going to have to learn that balance after I'm done with uh, this current adventure. So that's some, it's work in progress for sure. Oh, for sure. And I think the important thing for people to hear that you, you talked about there is finding that balance in a lot of ways is about stepping into new fears, you know, it, confronting those fears and realizing that building balance doesn't mean collapse. Because I think that's that place that sometimes people live in. Like, you, you know, most, a lot of people stay stuck in that place of, driving away from the drive-thru, you know, I'm, I want to try this. Okay. But what if I fail? And if I fail, I know it's just going to be this, you know, especially people that have gone up and down their whole lives, you know, it's just going to be another failure. So I'm good right now. So let me just stay in this place. And they don't realize what they're doing to themselves, staying in that all or nothing place. So I, I think that makes a lot of sense, man. And you, you started talking about adventures, like you're, you documented your, your, your travels when you were, when you started out, like, but the number of eyes on you have certainly changed over the past two years. Yeah. That's been another bizarre <laughs> part of all this for sure. Um, and it all kind of happened by accident, but I'm, I'm pretty, 
and it's you know it's it's definitely something that keeps you accountable for sure um but it's for me it's it's been more exciting the more life-changing for me because i started to once people started to acknowledge it and like that it all blew up then i'm like it allowed me to acknowledge it to myself like it allowed me to go okay like you're actually doing this you're you know you're actually um losing the weight and like it it sounds kind of silly but it allowed me to be proud of myself for the mm -hmm. first time in a, in a very long time so understood and can you take us into how it did blow up just to, for people who might not know yeah it's actually a pretty funny story so i had it was about a year ago now and i had a private instagram where i was just tracking for myself and like this you know this small group of people that i'd met through the weight loss community maybe had like 200 followers on it and i'd seen people posting these TikTok videos. And I mean, I heard of TikTok. I've never used it, downloaded it, whatever. Um, but I used to be a video editor. So I'm like, let me check out this video editing. I think I can make a cool video. Um, and I did, I downloaded TikTok, made a video. I'm like, I have zero followers. Nobody's going to see it. So I just made the video, downloaded it, put it on my private Instagram and went about my day. And then I actually went into, and I was talking with my therapist and <clears throat> And believe it or not, our conversation that day was, she's like, why are you still hiding from everyone? Because I'd, I'd locked myself, used quarantine, locked myself in my garage and just grinded away. A few family and friends knew what I was doing, but nobody else. And she's like, she's like, you should write it on the side of your truck. Like, hey, I just lost 150 pounds. Like, you should be excited. Why aren't you telling people? And I'm just like, you know, I'm still, I was very embarrassed about how big I had gotten. And so I'd never wanted people to know how much I weighed. Like, you know, I'd never, even though like it's obvious, right? In my mind, it was just like, I don't want people to know any of this. So then I walk out and pick up my phone and I had 500,000 notifications or views or whatever. And I panicked and I instantly hit delete on the video. And then I just says like, are you sure? And I just paused for a second. I'm like, I literally just talked to my therapist about this. Let's, let's just see what happens. And so I sat with it and just let it go. And then I ever, I posted like 10 videos after that. And each time I'd post them, they blow up. So I'm like, okay, I guess people are interested. Let's see what we can do with this. Um, and the TikToks blew up pretty quick. And then somebody, I still had the private Instagram where I had actually tracked my every step of my weight loss. Like I had my day one on there and, um, somebody commented on my TikToks. So they're like, Hey, you should make these downloadable so we can save them. And I was like, sure. You're like not even thinking anything of it. Well, once I did that, all these other pages went back and took my viral videos and reposted them on their platforms. So I had, uh, the first big one was dudes posting W's on Twitter. And like, I don't even have Twitter. Like people were just messaging me saying it was on there. So I said, you know, screw it. And I've made my Instagram public. And I went from 300 followers to 50,000 in like three hours. Mm -hmm. And it just, I remember watching was, that happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was so bizarre to me. And I, you know, I went through every post before that and I'm like, am I okay with the world seeing this? Am I okay with my friends and family seeing this? And then I, my urge was to delete the embarrassing ones. And then I'm just like, you know what? That's not going to, you know, people deserve to see what it was actually like. And, you know, um, like, I don't want to be fake. I want people to see the struggles I went through. And cause in the early on, I was in a very dark space. Like, and you can tell in those posts, I'm like, hated myself. I hated everything about what was going on in my life. 
Um, and you can literally look through my page and see when that starts to change and see when I, you know, start smiling again and stuff like that. So I just thought it was important to leave all that up there. And then ever since then, it's just been insane. You know, I've, when I got posted on, uh, ESPN, that was a really cool one. Um, and just st stuff like that started happening. And then a couple of weeks ago, I was on to access Hollywood, which was absolutely bizarre. So that's wild. <laughs> yeah. It's been crazy. No, that's all. And that, so what was that change like for you to go from, you know, that question your, your, your therapist asked you, you know, why are you still hiding it? Like, did you ever, did you have a, a moment where you had an answer in your head for why? I, looking back, it was just, I was extremely embarrassed about how far I'd let myself go. I was just embarrassed at the person I was, you know, and it, it, unfortunately it just all came from a really, really dark place. Um, I just didn't want anyone to know that I was struggling. I didn't want anyone to know that I was, you know, mentally in a bad place. I just, I'll keep it all to myself and I'll deal with it myself. And unfortunately how I was doing with it was whiskey. So, um, once I, it, it's was very hard for me once I made it all public and it still is to this day sometimes. Um, but you know, at this point it's just, I get so many positive messages and people like, you know, asking like, how'd you do it? Or like asking the questions that the same exact thing I did when I wanted to start is I got on Instagram and started messaging all these people like, Hey, how did you do this? What did you, you know? So if somebody wanted to start tomorrow and they saw my page and it gave them some little bit of help, then, you know, it's worth it all for me. Which is awesome, man. And that's, that's quite the adventure, but really, that's just a virtual adventure. You know, you, you've started on other actual real life adventuring going on in, in your life now. Yeah. I'm on a pretty bizarre little trip right now, I guess you could say. Um, well, not right now. I'm taking two weeks off, but, uh, yeah, at the end of March, um, I set off to hike the Pacific crest trail from Mexico to Canada. Um, it's, it's about 2,650 miles and I'm about 600 miles in so far. And we were discussing before we started recording that you also met up with um, Matt, who was on this show. Matt Burns Fat was his name way back then uh, in terms of, of people looking for that episode. But um, I think that's the thing that's kind of incredible to me, because following you both, I'm like, oh, I wonder if at any point they'll connect with each other. Like, I wonder, you know, does that even happen in an experience like that? Like, kind of being like the, the naive outside observer. Um, so... Uh, that's that's a that's a, a neat thing for me, which no one listening is probably really going to care about. But I I was excited to hear that. But what? Yeah, no, he's an awesome dude. Is and we had connected a little before because he's um, got a pretty big TikTok page too. He goes by Hiker Trash Matt mm -hmm. on there, and so we'd like we started at different times, but sort of in the same thing. So like we were just like, hey man, hope we cross paths, and then we ended up um, hiking for a few weeks. Uh, together and around each other and he's just a really cool dude but he yeah he's i had no idea from his page because it's just a hiking page i had no idea that he lost a bunch of weight too so it was really cool getting to you know we're just on top of this mountain and talking about our journeys together and that's when he you know brought up your name and i was like oh yeah dude i, I follow gourmet for sure <laughs> that's awesome that's that's really cool man and what is it like you know for anyone out there who has never done that kind of you know that kind of hiking that through hiking like what is that like? Like even just to, and you're, you're kind of 
unintentionally derailed right now for a few weeks. But, you know, th- this first 600 miles, like, what has that experience been like for you? You know, it's it's incredible. It's incredibly hard. Um, it, it'll take you through this roller coaster of highs and lows on a daily, sometimes hour by hour. Um, because I think what some people don't realize when you just say you're going from Mexico to Canada, they think, you know, you're road walking or it's going to be flat. But the Pacific Crest Trail, they call it the Crest Trail because it you hike along the crest of all the mountains in California, Oregon, and Washington. So it's constantly all day, every day, you're walking up and down mountains. Um, and I only had one flat stretch was hiking the LA aqueduct and it was like 15 miles. And it was one of the hardest ones just cause it, once you get on flat pavement, it hurts your feet, but no, it's, it's incredibly uh, demanding, you know, hiking 20 miles a day and it's, but it's every day gives you that rewarding feeling of you accomplish something that day and you just sit down in camp and you just see these beautiful views. Um, so yeah, during the day it's hard. It's, if I'm being honest, it sucks a lot of the time cause you're just tired and everything hurts. You know, people go, you go on a hike and then you get a rest a couple of days. Well, not on the PCT. You have to hike every single day, 15, 20 miles every day, day after day. So you don't get that rest time you know per se unless you get into town and we call them taking a zero which um you know i took quite a bit but (laughs) um yeah it's just it's been an incredible experience uh something i've always dreamed of doing um you know just living out of my backpack and for me the draw was i i don't have to worry about anything else in my life i don't have to worry about losing the weight i don't have to worry about my job or anything the only thing I have to pay attention to today is putting one foot in front of the other. And there's just something incredibly beautiful about that to me. Um, and it gives you this time alone in your own head to really figure out, you know, what I want to do with my life and what type of person I want to be. And, you know, things I never thought about before because I just didn't care. So now it's like, it's given me this opportunity to really spend time with, with Jared and figure out who he is. That's awesome, man. And let's think about it. Like, let's put this all in context. Two years ago, you know, two years ago this week, you were still a month out from really getting started. Yeah. Like, do you think you could have envisioned where you would be today back then? I I knew that I wanted it really bad, but I had no idea that it was possible. So I, I you know, I had these big dreams, but you know, like I'd tried losing weight once or twice before. And it's just like, you know, I guess in my own mind, I didn't even think it was really going to happen or possible, but I wrote down and and I have this little journal book. I wrote down my goals, right? What do I want to do? What do I, once I lose the weight, let's list some things that I want to do and to give me something to work towards. And the first thing I wrote down was PCT and I put it in bold and I circled it and underlined it. Like, like that's what I'm working towards. Never thought it would be possible or never thought I would ever get there. Um, and a year and a half later, I, I'm actually out there, which is, it's just mind blowing to me. But yeah, when I, 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 two years ago, I, if you told me I had to walk a mile, um, I was sweating it, you know, it, it was struggle. And now I'm hiking up mountains 20 miles a day. It's, it's pretty bizarre. You know, the body's oh, yeah. a pretty incredible thing. So, Oh, the human body, the resilience of the human body, like how it endures what we put it through and how it can adapt and grow, you know, regardless of how old we are and regardless of where we start, you know, where you were at two years ago, you know, that you, that those possibilities and, and that development is just incredible. 
And what, because you started to talk about, you know, the time of the trail being, you know, getting to really kind of know Jared and the person that you want to be. And, you know, what have been not just the on the trail, but for the past, you know, two years or, or almost two years, what have been your biggest insights about yourself that you, that you've discovered? For sure. That's a great question. And it's, it's something that, um, you know, from the outside looking in, people are going to be like, think I'm a crazy person. But the biggest thing for me is before I had this picture of what being successful was, you know, it was the good career, the big house, the, the family, you know, the, these things that most people strive for and, and, you know, all kudos to anyone that that's your goal and that's your dream. I love that. But for me, this light switch went off in my brain to where my version of success now is just being happy with who I am and what I'm doing. Um, so I, you know, I invested in real estate a bit. Um, but I quit my job. I sold all my houses. I literally took everything I owned and donated it or threw it away. So I'm living this very minimalistic life now of, I don't need the extra. If I'm successful to me, if I'm happy and I don't care what that looks like to anyone else, um, you know, people might not think you're, would think success of living out of a backpack and looking like a dirty homeless person and smelling like a goat, you know, that's not very successful, but for me, I've never been happier and it's, um, it's been life-changing, you know? So I just, yeah, I, that was the biggest switch for me is defining what success is for me and not what it is for everyone else. And you talked about happiness. Like what are the things that make Jared happy now? Um, it's experiences for sure. Um, just experiencing new things. And, you know, I've, I used to, like I said, I used to be an athlete. So being able to go snowboarding and surfing and hiking and stuff like that, it's just, it's incredibly rewarding. And even more so now, I think for me, when I, it was taken away from me for a long time. Um, so it's just all those things. And then, you know, um, the people I care about in my life, my dog, you know, being able to share moments with them. Um, that's truly what makes me happy for sure. And on the flip side of that, like, what do you think are the biggest challenges or the biggest struggles that you still face? Um, it's, you know, I still battle with the mental things that, of, you know, I get anxiety pretty bad. Um, and I still, I still have weight to lose. Um, I'm not focusing on that right now cause I'm focusing on hiking. Um, but I still have some weight to lose and I still have, you know, the loose skin and I plan on getting that removed. So it's, I'm still going to be in this weight loss world for a while. Um, and I, you know, understand that, but it's also something that I'm going to have to be cognizant of probably for the rest of my life. But, um, yeah, there's just, you know, I don't know what I want my life to be still. Um, right now I just know I want to chase experiences for as long as I can. And, um, you know, help some people along the way if I can, you know, that's something I've always focused on with every career I've had is I, I don't feel fulfilled unless I'm helping somebody else um, in some way. So I know in the future, I want to do that somehow and contribute to society, I guess. But right now I'm just kind of, uh, kind of chasing those experiences. So one of the things you mentioned earlier, man, was, you know, kind of new skills you're learning and new 
new places that you're that your journey is taking you. Was that the the trail you were talking about, or are there other things going on, you know, that really have been you know a part of those new discoveries? Yeah, a lot of it too. Um, I think I re- earlier I was referring to like the food side of it, which has been bizarre because I this whole last you know year and a half I was focusing on like high volume, low calorie foods, um, you know, good whole foods stuff like that. And when you're on trail you have to flip that to the exact opposite. You have to focus on low volume, low weight, but very high calories. Um, and then, you know, I've, I hate to call it binge eating, but then all hikers, when you get to a town, you eat whatever you want, you know, and try and refill those calories um, for when you get back on trail because you're burning five to 7,000 calories a day when you're hiking and you, you're out there for a week, week and a half at a time. You just can't carry that much food on your back. So it's it's a whole nother aspect of eating that, um, that I've kind of learned to adapt to, but. And, and not, not to cut that off, but like that, you're kind of segueing into one of my other questions. I did want to make sure we talked about, which is what it's like eating. Cause knowing what, you know, having followed Matt for a long time and followed what he ate when he did his first big hike. Um, what it, has that been, has part of that been a mental challenge for you? Like knowing, you know, that you are in that place sometimes of eating way more than you would have been eating before looking, you know, to kind of shift the types of food you're approaching. Oh, absolutely. And it, and it got me into some unfortunate situations on trail too, because in the beginning I was like, you know, I still need to lose weight. So I'm just not going to take that much food and I'll just be fine. But it got to the point where out there you need every ounce of energy you can get and you get that through your calories. So it was, I was started getting really sluggish after like 10 miles um, and knowing you still have five to 10 more to do. Um, So I mentally had to switch that back to, okay, we're going to eat candy bars, you know, to get the calories. It's okay. When I get to town, it's okay to have a pizza, you know, it's okay to get chili cheese fries, you know, stuff that I really enjoy, but I just completely cut out of my life. Mentally, was extremely hard but once i got over it then it got kind of fun um but it was also you know i think i think my calories were so low for so long and i was in a deficit for so long that once i started eating this stuff my body was kind of like hey what are we doing um because i've hiked almost 600 miles now and i was out there for two months and i actually gained like five pounds so, and I think I might be the only hiker that walks, hikes 600 miles and gains weight. Um, but you know, and it's, I think it might, some of it might be, I've been off trail for a week. So you get that water weight and all that stuff back. But, um, I, it was a sh- mental shock for me too. And it was hard because I'm like, man, I thought I was going to lose 20 pounds, you know? So, and you know, I still got 2000 miles to go, so I'm sure I'll be just fine, but it's still, it's still, it's it's unfortunate that it's something that's still in my mind why I'm doing it. You know, I should just be enjoying this trail and eating the foods that hikers eat and doing the things, but it's still always in my mind of like, Hey, I have to tell myself that this is okay. You know, it's okay that I'm eating macaroni and cheese on trail because it's lightweight and it's high in calories. When, you know, that's my favorite thing in the world used to be macaroni and cheese and I cut it out of my life completely. Mm-hmm. And now, now I'm telling myself like, it's okay that I'm eating this for dinner three nights a week because, um, of the situation I'm in, you know? And then it's the bizarre thing too, is when I'm, when you're on trail, you wouldn't think after dieting for so long, it'd be this way, but I crave fruits and vegetables. They're like, 
because you can't take fresh stuff right. you, you know, yeah. that stays good for like a week or a day. I mean, so when I get to town, like I just want a giant fruit bowl or like a salad or something. And it's, it's weird that, that that switch has also happened for me, but it's, yeah. Well, it's, it's a completely, it's a completely different life than being focused on weight loss. Like, you know, like you said, you're focusing on needing energy, you know, and needing a lot of energy and not just needing, you know, there's no, there's no extended fasting when someone is through hiking. Like there's no, I'm going to, I'm going to hike 20 miles a day. And then I'm also going to, you know, I'm going to fast for the next five days. Like that, that would not add up to be a good thing for that person at all. Like it's a, it's a <laughs> no. completely different life and environment. So I think that's, that's great to kind of hear some insight into that. Cause I'm sure there's people out there who have no concept of even what that life is like. Um, so I appreciate that. And yeah, for sure. I, no, I don't mean to cut you off. There's something you're going to say. Oh, I was just saying, yeah. And it's something that most other hikers don't even have to think about, right. you know, and, and, well, and fortunately for them, you know, that's a good thing. But for me, it's just an extra layer of, of mindset that has to go into it. No. And that's what I was going to say. Like it's, it is different because like you said, it's in a lot of ways, like you, you retrained your brain in one direction and now you're having to make adjustments that the average person who's been hiking, you know, who's been, do, who's doing it isn't, doesn't have those, those same things to deal with, you know, doesn't have those same cha mental challenges. And so I, I appreciate that insight there, man. And we're able to talk because you're kind of on a break right now. Um, if you're okay talking about it, like I, I, I'm just curious about knowing that you kind of set out on this path, you know, to complete, you know, the, the full 2,600, and having to take a, a, you know, kind of be forced into a break through an injury, like, has that, Im is that impacting you mentally? Like, is that impacting your focus? Like, you know, how is that, how is that going for you? Um, absolutely. And it's extremely rough. Um, they have, hikers have a term, term for it. They call it uh, post-trail depression or post-trail post blues. Um, it's, you know, it's been good because I get to see my girlfriend and my dog and my family. I've only been off for a week now and I only have like another week or two off. Um, I just, I injured, a, got an overuse injury in my ankle. I have a metal plate in there and um, it was really bothering me and it kept giving out. So I went and got x-rays and they said uh, the plate is causing bone spurs and tendonitis because it's that the way they described it is like my tendon imagine a rope go, going over a sharp edge of a table and you're pulling it back and forth. Um, because of that metal plate. So they they said I could keep hiking, but it's not going to get better. Um, you have to rest it. So yeah, I decided to come home, take a couple weeks off. Um, the trail is always going to be there. So what uh, the plan is to, um, you know, fly back and either start right where I left off or the next section I was getting to. So I finished the desert section. The next se section was the high Sierras. Um, and I think my plan now is to go back after the Sierras and meet up with some uh, friends I'd made on trail and then go back and do the Sierras at the end or next year. Um, just because the timeline wise, you, you know, you're racing uh, winter to Canada. So you're racing the snow in Northern Washington. And if I went back, I would have to be doing 20, 25 miles a day every day to try and get there. Um, and for me, it's more about the experience. So I decided to I think I'm going to go meet back up with people I was enjoying their company and hiking with and, um, you know, just 
enjoying the rest of the trail and <clears throat> i know i'll complete every step of it but it's okay if it's not one continuous path for me i'm not a purist by any means so uh yeah it's but yeah getting off trail is very hard just because you know once you're once you get done with something you tend to romanticize all the good parts so now i'm just thinking about all the fun i had and the amazing places i went and you kind of forget about that daily pain that you're in um, so yeah, I'm trying to keep my, myself in check there, but it, it's helps knowing that I'll be back soon. And for everyone listening who might not be a, a, aware, you know, kind of that informed about hiking the PCT and like the amount of time that takes you're hearing you talk about snow. They're like, well, it's, it's June. Summer's not even here yet. Like how, what, how long does that, the hike usually take? Yeah, it takes uh, people usually about five to six months. Um, and so I, I started end of March and I hit snow like on San Jacinto. I was hiking in snow and Mount Baden Powell. Like you have to put, uh, you know, I'm putting micro spikes on and literally spending a day in snow a day or two. But um, yeah, then you, the goal is to get to Canada before usually like the end of August, early September mm -hmm. uh, is when it starts getting dicey. Oh, understood. That's wild. And there's, there, there's, that is quite an, the adventure, like to know that you're committing to doing that, you know, through those different environs and like that experience is just kind of powerful in and of itself. And to be doing it after the journey that you've been on and, and adapting and everything, man, is just really, I'm sure is inspiring people to hear about it and, you know, be able to kind of see you documenting what you're doing is awesome as well with so many eyes on you. So I think that, that's, that's fantastic. Um, yeah, I appreciate it, man. And it was once I hit that, or I knew I had to get off trail. I was worried about the x-ray that I might have to be done, done. Um, so I looked at what I had accomplished because it, you know, 600 seems so small when you're look at the scope of what I'm trying to do, but I, you know, I just have to sit with like, I just hiked 600 freaking miles and then I looked it up and I, I've done, uh, 96,000 feet of elevation gain and 94,000 of, of descent. So it's equivalent to hiking Mount Everest from sea level up and down over three times. Oh, wow. So, so yeah. put things like that, put it into perspective for myself of like, I'm actually doing this, you know, this is real. So, no, I think whether someone's going on a, a, a 2,600 mile hike or not, you know, e even someone just on a regular journey, you know, whether it's a weight loss journey or whatever it is for their health, having perspective on where you've come and where you're going and what you're doing is just really important and, and a powerful part of it. So what is like when you, when you sit, especially now you're literally able to sit um, and take some time. Like when you look back on this almost two year journey you've been on, like what is your perspective on, you know, your biggest accomplishments and what do you feel like are, are the lasting changes you've made that are going to carry you forward into the future? Yeah. The biggest thing I'm, I'm, I guess I would say I'm most proud of myself for is pulling myself out of that dark space mentally. Um, when I say rock bottom, I literally mean rock bottom of, you know, I didn't think I was going to make it another day. And then I just decided like, you know, nobody's coming to help me. I have to do this myself. Um, so I'm really proud of getting out of that dark space, even when I knew I didn't see a light at the end of the tunnel. You know, I thought 
I never imagined anything like this would happen. I never imagined that my life would be the way it is now, but I knew I was going to try. So I'm really proud of myself for taking those first steps. And, and even, you know, six months in, I was still just blind, blinded to what I was accomplishing. I was still just like in this dark space of hating who I was every day. Um, so yeah, by far the biggest thing is being happy now is a huge accomplishment for me. That's powerful. And I know there are people listening who are in that dark place. So what, what is the message you would want them to hear? That, you know, and it's going to sound cliche, but it gets better. You know, there's some things just take time, but as long as you put one foot in front of the other and, and just work towards your goal, you know, eventually you'll get there. And, and it's something, that I didn't see as possible and many people I'm sure in that situation don't really think like you know I can't lose weight it's too hard or I can't lose weight I've tried before you can and uh, you know there's there's light at the end of the tunnel even if you don't see it mm. well some, sometimes that tunnel's really long you know really long and dark but that light comes eventually and it, it like you're right it's cliche but sometimes things are cliche because they're true you know, there's, there's, For sure. there's true experience behind it. So I appreciate you sharing that, man. Jared, is there, is there anything in your journey that we haven't talked about today that you want to make sure that people hear about? Um, you know, I don't think so. I think we've covered quite a bit of it. Yeah. I'm, I'm just uh, really excited. And thanks for letting me talk about it. Of course. And if anyone out there, if, if for some reason they're not following you already, if, if they do want to track you down, man, where are the best places for them to find you? Um, yeah, I'm on all the major, major socials. So my TikTok and Instagram are the big ones. Um, but if anyone's interested in, you know, I'm doing a daily vlog on the hike. Um, so showing what I'm doing every day and like talking about, uh, you know, where I'm at, I'm doing that on YouTube. So nice. And I will, of course, make sure that there's links to all of that, uh, to all of your channels in the show notes for this episode. So people can check all of it out. Cause there's, there's some really great stuff to see there. And so Jared, I end every episode with five questions I call the Fat Guy Five. Are you ready for your run through those questions? Absolutely. Let's do it. Okay. So question number one, man, living or dead, who is your favorite fat guy? Um yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna be uh I'm gonna go with Jarp on this one, John Arpino. Um and I'm saying him because uh, he's not a fat guy anymore, but because since day one, he's been uh in my corner and been a cheerleader for me. He's just somebody that's always rooting me on and, uh, you know, it's somebody I appreciate greatly. So I'm gonna give him a shout out. I like it. And his head always appreciates that as well. Absolutely. <laughs> he, he loves hearing his name in the media. So, you know, and anyone out there, anyone who's a regular listener to the show is going to know who, who you're talking about too. You know, he's been on four or five times now and probably will be on again eventually. Um, so I love that, man. That's awesome. Question number two, Jared, what is one lesson that being a fat guy taught you? Um, you know, I'm going to say, and this might be a hard one for people, but uh, people care a lot more when you care about yourself. Um, you know, I hear people talk about how the people, they get treated differently after they lose the weight, and that's unfortunate. Um, but I, I truly believe that, you know, once once I started caring about myself and about my own life, then people wanted to care more about me as well. So 
that's how I choose to look at it. But yeah, that's a lesson. No, I think that that's definitely, there's some insight there that if, and if someone hears that and immediately kind of bristles, bristles at it, like take a moment and really kind of let it, let that message sink in because I think there's, there's something insightful there. Question number three, Jared, if someone out there wants to get started on their journey today, what is one concrete recommendation you have for them? Um, I would say take the first step, take that one step forward and just don't stop. You know, for me, I was, I, my brother called it magic Mondays because anytime he'd get on me about my weight or anything, I'd be like, Oh, we'll start Monday. And it just never happened, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so once I made that commitment and took the first step, um, is when, when it all changed for me. I like it. Question number four. And, you know, having, having done a lot of thinking about Jared yourself, tell us, man, what is one thing about yourself that you love? Um, you know, I would say, oh, it's always hard to kind of brag about yourself, but I, I would say, mm -hmm. um, that's why I compassion. Yeah. Mine would be, uh, my compassion for others. Um, I just, I really care about helping people and, um, you know, and it's just, I don't know how to explain it, but like when I see people now, um, I had this conversation with somebody else. Like they asked, like when I see extremely overweight people, do I get like, how do I feel about it? And I, I honestly, I feel, I feel compassionate and I feel sad for them to, because I just, I know what it's like. And I know that they had to probably go through something pretty, pretty awful to get there. Um, so that's what I would say. Yeah. Well, I like it. And Jared, final question. Tell us what is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness or weight loss related. And I'll throw in not hiking related. Gotcha. Um, oh man, I was, I was prepared for this question. I wrote down to Machu Picchu cause I'm going hiking after the PCT, but, um, I'm going to say, um, doing something positive with this social media. So being able to make a change somehow or do something for the good with, um, all the good that's come to me lately. I don't think there's anything better than that. You know, I think in a lot of ways, your story, you know, even when we started talking about social media exemplifies like the purpose of, of sharing our experiences, you know, it is about sharing the good, the bad and the ugly and allowing other people to see and learn and be inspired by and, and get some hope, you know, from those experiences, especially when they're able to see the bad days and see the good days. Cause then they know that the, the good days outnumber those bad days eventually. And so, I think finding a way to kind of harness that power for the, the greater good is, is an awesome, is, is an ideal goal. So I think that sounds great, man. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it. Well, that said, Jared, thank you so much for, for sitting down with me today, talking on the show, sharing your experiences with everyone. Uh, I just really appreciate it, man. Hey, it's been fun. Thanks, Gormy. And everyone out there, like I said, I'm going to put links to all of Jared's social and, and YouTube in the show notes of the episode today. If you want to connect with me, you know, you can, as always, find me on Instagram at Gourmet Goes Keto. You can find me under, obviously, the flight path of the San Diego airport. Uh, you can connect with me on Twitter. You can email the show at thefatguyforum at gmail.com, all those places. And then, my friends, remember, go out there today. Do something to amaze yourselves because you're the most amazing people that I know. And then come on back and catch us here on the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum. Mm -hmm.